0: Welcome to What Divines Us. I'm Abram
1: Goodstein. And I'm not. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Reverend Matthew Schultz. Nice what? to meet you.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you, too. So, big deal this is our second anniversary. Woohoo! Of this podcast, what Divines us? We started Two years. this in March of 2021. Yep, uh, we were. We, it was during the COVID. We were a little bored, I guess. We needed more things to do. Yeah, and so thus born this podcast. I
1: I will say I was not bored, but I <laughs> but I liked the idea of doing this. <laughs> Nevertheless. I, I haven't been bored since uh, May 1st of 2000, when my firstborn was born. Oh, so, yeah. not a moment of boredom since, I'll tell you that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess a great point, too. I haven't, I haven't really been bored, bored since my first. Nor born. have I had a good night's sleep since then. <laughs> I
0: know.
1: I know. But that started out as a multiple, like, section format. We had different, like, oh, uh, we yeah. do stray dogma and introduction to we each of our segments, things. With yeah. segments. We segments. And over time, how. we just kind of just switched to whatever we feel like talking about with the heavy emphasis on how progressive clergy interact with, right. well, that's, with the headlines. That's how we change. culture, yeah.
0: We, we wanted to be, like, at first, like, interfaith, like, what is religion? Yeah. And then we changed it to what do
1: progressive clergy
0: do? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. So now that's... So you're right. we got a little more loosey-goosey on the segments, but I think in the end, a more fun podcast. Yeah. No one likes a Stricty Goosey. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Everyone loves Lucy. Lucy. they got to be yeah. loosey. Yes, those Gooseys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get... So we have a lot on the
1: agenda today, so let's get Let's get cracking.
0: Yeah. Do you want to go in a certain order
1: or should I just go down this scratch list here? Just uh, go down the list. Well, well, you mentioned some of these, so we'll pick up with at the end of the last podcast, I mentioned a few things. One big, of them is that... You mean talking about Big Wheel of Cheese Part 1? That's what I... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will return in next in 2024. We'll go back to the Big Block of Cheese. Uh, But we talked about the Asbury Revival. So this is at a college. um, I didn't even look up the state. So I think it's Kentucky Asbury College where they had a revival. And in a Christian context, that sort of means a movement of the spirit, the Holy Spirit moving within a community and causing a great increase in religious fervor and devotion in any number of ways. In this case, sounds like just Jewish summer camp. Well, you know, in Christian summer camp too, there is a certain style of religious experience that tends to be very emotional oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. very um, what's what's the word uh, like a communal, passionate communal. and communal. Yeah, and uh, some people poo poo that. Other people say no, it's awesome and great. Others say, well, it depends on on. You'll hear this phrase a lot. What what fruits does it bear?
0: Yeah, right. You know, it's interesting. I have an education background, and so like camps have what I would call like, experiential right. education, where a lot of times you'll discover in churches and synagogues you'll see more of like a, like a classroom or mm-hmm. um or which is uh, the grammar of the education that we see in, in public schools. Yeah, uh, so it's hard when like you have like this amazing like camp experience, right? And you go back to your place of worship, and it's just it's not the same
1: thing. And it's just like in school when you hear people say, like that one kid who went away to um. You know, to Florida for the summer, and they come back, and that's all they'll talk about for the next eight months. Like everything that happens, like oh yeah, when we were in Florida, we had the key lime pie. We thought it was the best thing ever. And you're like, all right, we know you went to Florida. (laughs) We get it. We don't care anymore.
0: We went to Florida too. We can't go there. So thanks a
1: lot. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a similar thing with a lot of religious experiences, and just like with school, you you can't always tell how wonderful or not so wonderful it was right away. It might take days or weeks or years or decades with a revival that's similar and now in this case what happened was they have regular worship services there some of them during the daytime like during a break in the class schedule They have chapel services that um, in most colleges it's optional and so some students went and then when the worship service ended they just stayed and kept on going they kept on singing songs and praying together and it went on and it went on and it went on. The college president sent out a very short email, essentially just said, "Worship is still going on. You're welcome to attend if you like." They're like not not at all pushy and not sure. not not the act of a salesperson. You know, just very sure. just letting people know, hey, this is happening. What is the age demographic of this
0: particular? It's a college,
1: so so you know, eighteen to twenty two. Okay, um, in that ballpark, there might be a graduate program there, but it's mostly young people. At, with most, you know. Passionate experiences of the faith—you'll find a lot of times it's young people. There's a certain, uh, you know, demographic that's really prime for that kind of thing, both in good ways and in bad ways. Um, but but that went on, and it just went on for I believe like like two or three weeks. This Whoa. worship service, and you know, people will come and go. It's not the same people there consistently. People have to eat and sleep and stuff. But it basically just kept on going. I think eventually. So it was like spontaneous. They didn't it was spontaneous. In... Yeah. And they didn't. And it got bigger? Like what? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I th- like people yeah, thousands. Up? Like um, the building itself was only so big. But like I said, people were rotating through. So I think it was like 15,000 people. Wow. Um, but frequently, you know, yeah. and then there was some online. But I don't think most of it was online. People were they were protective because they didn't want it to become a viral spectacle. Right, sure. um, and they wanted to just remain true to worship, and so um, it may. Uh, so the the long term, then, of course, <laughs> you know, Christianity has all of its celebrities and its podcasters and its influencers, <laughs> just like any which, other. Thing. Which
0: reminds me, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. if you type in our podcast uh-huh. on Google, last I checked, it said Christian podcast. What? Yeah, uh, but it offered you an opportunity to, to to suggest a change to it. Okay. So, listeners, please Google yes. our uh, our podcast, and it still says Christian
1: podcast. Please change it to call it like Interfaith. Interfaith? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, all those folks, you know, some are like former or current uh, Christian musicians, some are current pastors or authors or think tank people, some of them kind of tried to get in there and were not, they weren't turned away, but they were told, you know, we're not wanting this to become a circus. And then everyone was writing these articles. Here's why it's good. Here's why it's bad. Here's why it's this and that and the other. Comparing it to other revivals throughout history. There's Uh a big one in the 70s. There was a great, huge, great awakening back in U.S. history. You know, there's all these different times where things like this have happened. And many of them have been influential in positive ways. And so everyone's trying to be the first out there with the hot take, you know, to say, here's what's going to happen. My own personal opinion is we just don't know yet. It could be a two-week flash in the pan and we never hear about it again. It could be something wonderful. It could be something that leads people astray to bad things. We just don't know yet. It sure as heck was interesting. Yeah. And it's always spontaneity of it, fast. Spontaneity is very interesting, which you know is in keeping with a lot of Christian history of these spontaneous movements of the spirit that are kind of wound up in a passionate fervor to uh, to grow closer to our experience of God that's really where so much of our faith lives start, where we say, my goodness, I had this experience. Now, how do I make sense of it? And one of the definitions of theology being faith seeking understanding. And so, we spend the rest of our lives saying, what the heck was that? Yeah. And so, we're sort of in that what the heck was that period right now of, of this revival. I think the college essentially quieted it down. They said, okay, time to close it up. No, Students, please, and I think they did. It was all very peaceful and nice. So um, time will tell.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah,
1: it really is fascinating, and a lot of potential for good. I think that's kind of where I come down on the whole thing: potential well, for good.
0: I don't know about you, but I, I know like that demographic is hard for I, I would say at least my my Jewish community to sort of like attract. Right, right. So that's the college age Jews. You know, there are there's tons of programming for college age Jews, and it's called the hillel. And a lot of big colleges have a out which is a physical building right. uh, that helps that helps you know those those college students who are Jewish. Uh, but synagogues don't have a hard time getting that demographic into the door. Right. And really, ironically, we don't really see that demographic again until when they have when they have kids. Uh-huh. And so that so it's just you know it's exciting to see
1: uh, a bunch of younger people. Uh, moved or motivated by a religious experience, and this is there's a, a selection there, a selection bias because Asbury is a Christian school, yeah, yeah, within a tradition in which these revivals are are, are venerated. So it's it's it would it, they're doing a thing that is in keeping with what they've been raised to do and taught to do and to have a great deal of respect for. Right, so it's not right. like it happened. At UCLA, you know, at random with a whole wide range of people, this was a school for young people who intentionally sought out a Christian university. So there you go. So you so know it's that self-selecting, uh, yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah and sure. and even within Christianity, there are a lot of traditions that would look at this sort of thing and say that's not us. You know, this tradition in particular um, is is really on board with this sort of thing already. And when I say this sort of thing, I'm not trying to demean it. It's 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 it seems to me to be a good thing, but, um, yeah. uh, but but it's definitely right within their wheelhouse of where their tradition grew out of.
0: Oh, okay. Well, interesting.
1: Yeah. There you go. All right. That's item one. Nice. Moving down the list. <laughs> Number two. Um, we need fabric softener and milk. Oh, oh no. The wrong wrong list. list. Wrong list. <laughs> 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 uh, I hate to switch those things by accident. That's true. <laughs> that would be very bad. Uh, the next one up is rebranding.
0: Right. Well, we want to talk about branding in general. And, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, branding first, what, and yeah, then rebranding. We know. Yeah. obviously, we're talking about already with this revival and branding. Uh, but we, but I think all of us noticed the this, this Super Bowl commercial.
1: Oh, that's uh, not where I was going to go. But yeah, where are okay. You gonna go? I was going to go with Mountain City Church. Oh right, that that is okay. Let's but, talk about but, that. And that can be brief. This yeah, topic yeah, is yeah, a brief yeah. conversation because honestly, there's a lot I don't know about it yet. On the surface, what we know is that the church formerly known as, we're doing it like Prince, you know, the the church formerly known as Anchorage Baptist Temple. Which is a mega church, it's been around forever. And been very influential in Anchorage, in Alaska politics, as a very conservative politically and religiously institution, to the extent that, for those of our listeners who are not from Anchorage, they host quote-unquote candidate forums. Where they will have candidates who are running for office come in and address the uh, congregation, but it's incredible how frequently those candidate forums are only the very far right candidates.
0: Right, and this flies in the face of something called the Johnson Amendment. Oh, it's yeah,
1: it's illegal. Uh, and, the,
0: and the Johnson Amendment <laughs> says that a, a a place of worship or or essentially a, per, a clergy can't support a candidate from the pulpit. Right. If you do that, you risk your 501c3 status,
1: and not just clergy. I think I think the church can't in that venue, right? CER- like certainly, so, certainly, yeah. so even a layperson can't yeah. come up in the front of the church and say, "Please vote for Joe Smith," because that would be breaking right that rule. Yeah, yeah. That and and that's the letter of the law. The spirit of the law is obviously churches don't endorse candidates in any way, you right. know, right. and they're just totally doing that. Yeah, and they put out voter. Yeah, I think we, they put out voter guys. Maybe I'm oh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe a lot of churches yeah. to do that though. Already, yeah. you know. But
0: but that's but that's. I mean, like I mean, and uh, I I don't really think that uh, that even though that's they're flying against the law. I don't really think the IRS is actually going to pull their status. They no. don't really they don't
1: really do that. So. And we're and we're actually off topic a little because I don't think they've ever gotten any heat for it. As you say, the IRS doesn't really do anything. Yeah. We we could do it too if we wanted to, and we would get away with it. But they have changed their name to something else and there could be any number of reasons for that they've gone from anchorage baptist temple to i think mountain city church which is weird cuz no one calls anchorage the mountain city that's not but a- we,
0: but there's so many mountains nearby it makes sense to me right but, i mean like i mean literally there's like the two gash mountain range just like
1: yeah. right there yeah but denver has mountains I, mean, I think Denver like is a mountain. Right, like, <laughs> there are so many other mountain cities in the world that doesn't differentiate. Yeah, we're, us. we're actually pretty close to the water level. To be honest, yeah, we, we're yeah, we are at sea level. <laughs> yeah, they could have just called us sea level city. Yeah, and yeah. So no one calls it that. So that's strange. That's a strange branding choice. It seems vague enough to be on a fence. Is of- it part of a like a group of churches?
0: It's it's a Baptist church, and no, I mean no, but I mean the Mountain City Church is that is it like
1: aren't there Mountain City churches like isn't that like a, their own oh good question thing? I don't know I'm not familiar with that if that's yeah. the case I would not be surprised yeah um, a couple of reasons why I I don't know this for sure but um, a couple of reasons why I think they might be doing that I'd say three reasons one a rebranding thing often happens if the old name is just getting tired and boring and they might be feeling that way about ABT another reason is it could potentially carry a lot of baggage. And with ABT, they've got that baggage politically, as I said, um, and they are, um, maybe trying to get away from having that association as always being very far to the right and really deeply ensconced. I know they've also been fending off accusations of inappropriate, uh, behavior when it comes to racism within their schools. Um, nothing i can prove or disprove but i know those accusations have been coming in flurries you know there's quite a lot of them really? and that might I be something no they're wanting to rebrand to get away from that um and my understanding also is that, like most churches I'm aware of, their attendance has been in a steady and rapid decline over the last couple decades. So that might be an attempt to say, let's, let's get a fresh face out there of our logos and names and everything and try to reinvigorate the, uh, the membership and the attendance. So it could also just be that they're feeling hopeful and joyful about the future and they want to put something fun and fresh as the face of that. Could be any of those things. Are, are
0: they members of the Southern Baptist Conference?
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, I should Google that to find out for sure, but I'm pretty sure they are.
0: Okay, because I know that. Right? I mean, right now, they' I mean, I think we talked about this before, but
1: they're not doing so good at the moment, right? They just picked right. out five churches that had women clergy. And for right. a from a branding standpoint, it doesn't matter if they're a part of the Southern Baptists or not. It might just be that the word Baptist doesn't play well in the local market anymore. It's not my research because it's not in our name, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're correct that the Baptist church has had two black eyes in the press recently. One, like you said, they kicked a bunch out for having female clergy as Someone who is married to a woman who is a pastor, <laughs> I find that pretty objectionable. Also, isn't, isn't your mom
0: a pastor as well? Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. So it's it's the family business, really. My dad also was ordained. <laughs> yes, you you know, it's, da- yeah, yeah. My whole family is, yeah. is is too far gone to ever be properly employed. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but um, yeah. My mother and my wife both ordained clergy, so I've got my own strong opinions on the matter. Um, that's one thing. Also, an extremely serious note, the Baptist church has had its own, um, accusations is the wrong word, uh, just a flood of sexual abuse charges, and I think many of them have been proven, many of them have been confessed to. They had a list, which they did not... Or I think it was quite similar to recently. what the Catholic Church did which yeah. is when they learned of someone doing that horrible horrible thing rather than hold them accountable they moved them off to a protected new Protected them yeah. and yeah. protected them yeah <clears throat> so um yeah a lot of a, a lot of similar processes there let me be really clear i am not aware of any such charges against the anchorage baptist no. temple right. i haven't heard that at all no. if it's out well, there well that's why I thought maybe they were leaving the, like why why they wanted to change the right baptist. i don't know that they've left that uh, i think they've just rebranded okay. and again I could be wrong. Y'all, y'all feel free to call uh, the former Baptist Temple and see what they have to say about that. I would also imagine that the word temple might carry some baggage that they're not loving. It sounds very old school. It sounds very Jewish. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that they're being anti-Semitic, but it's no. it's a different faith tradition. Yeah, um, we, we we often call our our congregation a temple. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so they might be trying to find something you know that has church in the title like they did. So um, yeah, who knows? But rebranding is fascinating to me. I think there is a definite move. So I contradict myself. Not, I think there's a definite. I'm going to say it declaratively. There is a definite move amongst churches that are trying to get a younger demographic. Like you mentioned with Asbury, how your uh, synagogue is having a hard time. Well, all synagogues. And,
0: and, and yeah.
1: from the Pew report that, that's come out. Exactly. All All. all, churches, all churches All religious yeah, institutions yeah, yeah. have a hard time grabbing that younger demographic. And within that a lot of churches are ditching the word and the concept of denominations. Really? And you'll see a church proudly advertising the fact that we are non-denominational. Yeah. Because they think it sounds young. They think it sounds free. They think it sounds creative. I'm not sure it does to anyone other than themselves. And it certainly is not true that it is those things, especially when a lot of those churches that brand themselves as non-denominational They get their seed funding from large consortiums of churches that get them started up and say, we'll keep it going for a while, while you get the doors open, while you you get large. And in exchange for that seed money, guess what they have to do? They have to eventually pay it back, and they have to adhere to a certain set of theological rules and practices. So this is a loan. Um, it's semi-sorta, you know, it's, it's all very different and taxes. I wouldn't get into the taxes of it all, but for some churches, they just plant the church and they never pay it back. Okay. Other churches, it's here you go, get started and then pay us back when you can. Um, it's, I don't think it's an exploitative thing, okay. but there are strings attached. And so as you see with, you know, uh, going on all over the place, if church A planted church B somewhere and said, we'll get you started, we'll get you rolling, but you have to follow certain theological premises. And if that second church that got planted said, we are now going to have gay weddings, that first church could say, you're no longer part of us, and now we're going to recall that money that we planted you with, and there is that power there. Um, but what do you call it when a group of churches has an enforced set of shared theological principles? That's a denomination. Yeah. And they call themselves non-denominational just cuz they're not Presbyterian or Methodist or Episcopal or Catholic. But guess what, man? Follow the money. Yeah, you're still a denomination. And not just the money, follow the theological construct. You know, if you don't have the freedom to say I believe that our faith calls us to live in this manner without another church trying to stop you and shut you down, well then you're in a denomination. You're you're sharing that understanding of how faith is, is to be lived out. And so just because the church says they're non-denominational does not mean that they are. Southern Baptists might say the same thing. Like, we're free Baptists. We can do whatever we want within our own. No one tells us what to do. Yeah, but if you ordain a woman, you get kicked out, right? right and so, right, yeah, you yeah. are a denomination, you, yeah. you big fibber. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I find that to be a fascinating thing of people, A, trying to act like it's a great thing to be non-denominational, and then, B, they actually are. When, and I would also say that being part of the nomination is really good because it prevents things like a cult of personality from taking off. Sure. You know, my my personal authority here in the Presbyterian Church is really low. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got limitations on me. <laughs> I I serve at the pleasure of our church's sure, structures, sure, you know. Sure. And, and if they vote me out, I'm out. So. I mean, I joke. I mean, us
0: Jews, we love to argue. And so I yeah. can say one thing and I'll instantly have some kind of – yeah, and me and
1: say I'm wrong and that's and if, how it works. Right. <laughs> and if I were to go out there tomorrow and say we're no longer Presbyterian Church, we're now Mountain City Presbyterian Church, they would laugh and say no we're not. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. would ignore me because yeah. that's like, that's you know <laughs> I just don't have the power to do that. So Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I think I think like like this is branding is important because uh, religion has been branding for it as long as there's been religion. Hmm. And uh, at least that's what I believe. And so, we, I often the, the term branding has sort of this inauthentic or maybe even yeah. gross feel for it. And I think that I think there's a reason, you know, there, branding is, is can be bad. Yeah. Uh, as we'll talk about this in a moment, but I also think that like we need to brand ourselves if we, we
1: want people to understand what we offer. Like we need to have a careful expression of who we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the grossness comes when it feels like the expression is different than the truth of who we are. Right, right, exactly. But if if everything is is aligned up,
0: right, if you say, here are our values, let us, like, shout our values the best way that we can to show you this is what we're about, this is what we mean, and that Mm -hmm. if you're a part of this, if you're part of our community, you get to line up with our values and be with other people in in a form of meaningful community. Right. You know, and that's, you know, so that's what, I mean, I try to offer for, for my congregation and and you know this podcast is a, a branding of that.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, and and we only say things on here that we actually truly do believe and think, and right, so it's right. it's very honest branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but. Uh, As as we always know, there's a tons of dishonest branding out there, yeah, yeah. uh, and it's everywhere, essentially. Which
1: is a great segue into the Super Bowl ad,
0: right? Which I brought a moment ago, yeah, Super Bowl ad. So I, you know, I'm sorry, I don't really watch the Super Bowl. I mean, neither, no. And I could (laughs) go, I could go off on a tangent about Uh, pro sports, but I won't. You have (laughs) before.
1: Also, the biggest con of the 20th and 21st century is that the NFL convinced us of what a privilege it is to watch commercials during the Super Bowl. No, it's not. <laughs> well, if you They're did... stupid commercials, and they are just selling us products, and we act as if, oh, we're so lucky, we get a new set of commercials. No, well, you know, idiots. You know what's funny is I, I, I try to watch... You wa- mute it, and you go get <laughs> chips. That's what commercials are for. I tried to
0: watch this this commercial on YouTube. I had to watch a Ugh. commercial to watch the commercial. Yeah. I, just felt <laughs> like I, I felt like I've been had. Like, you yes. got me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but let's so okay, so um from what I understand it's this it's this big billion-dollar campaign called He Gets Us. Yeah. And the He refers to Jesus. Uh yeah. Uh-huh. So Jesus gets us, yeah. essentially. But they're not saying it, they're saying he gets us. And in right. the and from the the commercial that I saw,
1: it's just a bunch of angry people. Doing some really gross things. I'm not sure. Yeah, and that's not. They're trying to say like, even though there's anger and bad stuff, Jesus understands where we're coming from and is kind and forgiving. So sure. I don't think sure. the whole campaign is angry, and it's. I think that was one. There are okay. several different there's, bits, yeah. and that was one of them. And I don't think they're. Well, there's angry billboards.
0: At apparently, I mean, yeah. it's
1: a whole. It's a huge campaign right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm.
0: And what is the point of this campaign?
1: Well, that's where the question comes about its authenticity um, or lack thereof. And kind of like Asbury, we're going to see in time. I do know that a lot of the backers of the campaign are phenomenally wealthy. It's a billion-dollar campaign and have a history of donating to causes that are anti-LGBTQ. Oh, no. And so— But that's um, so ironic compared to, like— he gets us right, and that's the thing—not ironic. I would say discordant, and it's discordant. Um, yeah. They they don't. Those are two notes that don't harmonize. Ah, they, got um, it. it's a it's a musical term. Yeah. So what you're seeing is a an ad campaign from. I again, I have to emphasize this from a very narrow slice of the theological pie within Christianity. It's If you look at Christianity as a global 2,000-year-old phenomenon... Which is exactly what it is. Right. <laughs> this is a slice that really has its roots in the last, I don't want to say, like 100 years. Okay. Um, and it's from America only. And it's from a conservative portion of America only. And a currently a very wealthy conservative slice of America. And so... Uh, and, and, and primarily Caucasian and primarily patriarchal. So you're getting, you start to narrow this slice down. The more you look at it, you're like, holy smokes, this is not the faith of the Catholic Church for the most part. This is not the faith of the Eastern Orthodox Church or the African Church or the South of any other continent. This is very much a United States of America expression and only a small slice of that. Okay. so we got to start right there. When you look at the Super Bowl's global audience, this group chose to advertise to a global audience to say, here's the product we're selling. It's California Christianity and y'all should come buy some.
0: What's California?
1: Christian? That's a phrase I just made up because that's where a lot of the donors are. <laughs> and also because it's a Hollywood style. Okay. So, okay. so that's what you're Kay. getting there. You're here first, folks. Yeah. California Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you want to do is get on the road to Emmaus, <laughs> then take the 95, take the five down to anyway. SNL skit. Yeah. Right there. yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, wh- what am I doing? Uh, with all that being said, It could be okay. It might be that they're saying, hey, let's have a nice talk about Jesus. My experience with this particular sub-demographic is that they're not just saying, find your own way healthily through your own faith walk. Sure. They're saying, follow our path on your faith walk come the way that we have come and arrive at the conclusions we have arrived at and at the end of all that do things the way we do things so so just so and particularly in that case that is the exclusion of often Female pastors, or yeah. at least it's a that's a conversation they're still fighting about, right? Sure. Whereas a lot of us have left that in the dust centuries ago, and also the exclusion of LGBTQ people, which is definitely still right in the heart of their practices. Right, right. And so when they say he gets us, y'all come join us, he gets us. No, he doesn't if you're gay, according to their tradition. Which is the discordant moment. That's the discordant that. moment yeah. for us. They present this very loving and kind and Soft-hearted Jesus that says, "Come here, I will accept you," and then it's a double slap in the face. Then when he doesn't, yeah.
0: Well, okay. And so I should like, say when they don't. When <laughs> when when say like Coca-Cola for example has like a billion-dollar campaign, which I think yeah. they've been known to do. Oh sure,
1: Coca-Cola. They, you're saying yeah,
0: yeah. They tend to make more than a billion dollars from that campaign, right? Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. In a, it's a business choice, right? Uh, it like, what is, is this, is this, he gets us campaign also a
1: business choice? Like, do they do the d- That's a great question. And I don't know. Uh, we would have to ask them. My guess is that no, it's not. I do think that from their perspective, this is an act of philanthropy. Okay. And I think they are giving that billion dollars to their faith tradition. So you yourself could receive some
0: benefit uh, Matt, from this this campaign, yeah. because you might find
1: more people come through your door. Correct. Thanks to the... Yeah, it's possible people will do that. Um, however, I do think the campaign is geared toward a certain type of expression of Christianity, and people might seek that out. However, you're correct that people might see that thing and think, all right, I'm going to check out this Jesus thing, and just <laughs> Google a local church and end up here. That could happen for sure. Okay, yeah. interesting. But when... Uh, we were also, you and I were watching that interview ahead of time where one of the coordinators of this campaign said, we're just real happy that Jesus is part of the conversation. Sure. I, I think, A, that's disingenuous, because that person probably thinks the same structure that I do, even though we have a different end result. And that is this. We don't just want Jesus to be part of the conversation. We want a certain understanding of Jesus to be in the conversation. I remember when the movie The Passion of the Christ... Was released. The one by Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson made it. It was ultra violent. Yeah, uh, it really I got saw into. It. I yeah, yeah, saw it. yeah. Same, and it was just terribly gruesome and graphic. People and, were crying
0: when, I, when right. I saw it.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it, it had that effect on me as well. And it received criticism, rightly so, in my opinion, for having some pretty stereotypical depictions of Jewish people. Oh, the Pharisees were awful in that. Right, in the that. Pharisees were like a caricature yeah. of Jewish people that you would see in any modern day setting. So we had at our seminar i was in seminar at the time a, a kind of a panel discussion about it led by some of our professors really brilliant world renowned theologians and one of the students was finding himself frustrated that there was pushback on the movie and he said aren't you just happy that people are talking about jesus in the public square and the professor replied no And the the guy was shocked. Everyone? was like, what? Like, you could hear a pig drop. The answer's supposed to be yes (laughs) in Sunday school. And he said, no, I'm not just happy they're talking about Jesus. I don't want people just talking about Jesus. I want them saying the right things about Jesus. It's not enough to say Jesus, particularly if the next sentence is hates Jewish people. Right? A lot of people have said brutal, that in the brutal. public square. Yeah, so yeah. many people have said that throughout history in the public square. Should we just be happy that they're talking about Jesus in the public well, square? Uh,
0: no. But, and, and before Vatican II, if someone was Jewish and they converted to be
1: Catholic, they had to apologize for killing right. Jesus. There you go. And so, so it's not nearly enough yeah. that Jesus is part of the conversation, as this guy said in the He Gets Us campaign not nearly enough to just make people talk about jesus people have been talking about jesus in the u.s more than any other place for the last 50 years and it hasn't resulted in a better world right we need to be talking about about how to embrace the parts of jesus that matter to making the world better (laughs) not just saying uh i'm gonna slap jesus on top of all the terrible things i'm doing yeah so yeah
0: it's not, yeah, I mean, I mean, as you and I know this, people will use religion as an excuse to do what they already want to do. Right, yeah. right. Hmm, well. Okay, moving right along, huh? cross things off that list. Cross
1: that off, and now I'm yeah. going to talk about all the other Super Bowl commercials I don't like.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, well, the rest of the podcast is things
1: Matt don't, doesn't like. <laughs> all right, I won't do that. Um that that's all the stuff we were gonna talk about from last time, but we have some other things. We got new things. My goodness, it's been it's been popping We've off been around here, hasn't busy, it? Yeah, you got yeah. So um one of the things we talk about on this is what do progressive clergy do? And in addition to our regular weekly responsibilities of planning our services Which is and a lot, by the way. It is a lot, yeah. and caring for the members of our flock, trying to understand and help. The budget. Uh, <laughs> lots there of is
0: a budget. I a don't lot know. of
1: building repairs.
0: We had yes. It. Our HVAC system always needs repair. Ours is our I heater don't even furnace. Even know what HVAC stands for. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, it has the word vacuum in there.
0: <laughs> I know. And right? AC. It's yeah. AC. So is that what
1: it is? I don't know, but it's really expensive to replace. He- and necessary. Is is it vacuum heating? Vacuum and AC. <laughs> ventilation. Heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Boom. We did it. All right. One thing done today. (laughs) I just won Jeff. But
0: now you understand how we spend some of our time trying to figure out how our building works. (laughs) Something breaks, we Google it. Yeah, this is part of our week. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So there's been a lot going on. Um, Let's start with we co-signed on to two different things in the newspaper. Yeah. Because that's just the way current events happen. Sometimes things come up in waves. Right, so
0: when, you know, myself, I know Matt feels this way too. When we see something wrong and sort of in our our state, if you will— uh, we try to be a voice that says, hey, that's wrong. Uh, and the best way for us to do that is to offer opinions or op-eds. Um, that's one good way to get, yeah, to to get, get our words beyond our walls. It's the megaphone, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so our um, local newspaper, Anchorage Daily News, which, by the way, is the Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper. Ooh. Yeah, Anchorage Daily News. So we've been published in a Pulitzer
1: Prize winning I think essentially that makes us Pulitzer Prize winning (laughs) journalists yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's you uh, and me and Lois Lane I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) but that is that a Superman reference right there yes oh I got it yes (laughs) Um, anyways uh and now I, I forgot. Oh, right. The, so, so we had two. We had two we had things two, that yeah. Okay, so uh, first thing.
1: First, uh, about Representative David Eastman right. from so, Wasilla. I think we talked about him on this podcast before. I think before. we have, yeah. Um, so we don't need to get into the dirty details other than he recently said another
0: terrible thing. He made, he made national news, yeah. essentially, um, when he said it would save the government money yeah. if abused children were killed.
1: Yeah, during
0: mm-hmm. their abuse. Yep, right? they were talking awesome.
1: about um, because um, the good people at Alaska Children's Trust were there testifying to say we need X amount of dollars to help care for Abuse yeah. children right. along the right. line because because right. it's not a, the abuse doesn't just end when the abuse ends. There yeah. is a lifetime of consequences. It's called Aces right? Yeah, yeah. Averse yeah. childhood experiences yeah. score, and for each trauma you get a certain number and added. It goes on. from one to ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so they're saying we need to care for people. Essentially, is what uh, Trevor Stores and uh, and others were saying. We need to take care of people, and care costs money. And in the course of that, David Eastman said, "Yeah, well, so in some ways, it would be savings to the state if the children died during the abuse." What's so frustrating
0: is that he's a pro-life guy. Like he's, uh, well, that, uh, that's what he claims. <laughs> he claims, but that's, but that's just like any other politician that claims, right? You know, yeah. he's pro-life. And that's one. That's part of his claim. It's how he gets his votes, mm-hmm. essentially. And and he just, you know, he essentially made the argument that it's better for kids to be born and then be abused so badly that they're killed. Right, to save the government money. It's insane. Rather than yeah. prevent the birth in the first place. You know, and it's just like, it's just the whole thing was insane. It, it, we were all kind of like, uh, I don't know, I was gawking over, yep. over this. And, uh, and so you and I helped work on a, a opinion um, uh, with another pastor. And we, This yeah. is Pastor
1: Andy. Thank you for your work, Andy yes. Bartel. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Thank you, Andy Bartel. And together we got out this, this is such saying, the legislator needs to do more. because, And it, it was signed on to by a lot of other clergy oh in the yeah, area.
1: Too oh many yeah. for us to even list here without yeah. looking it up and, and reading them Alaska. down. But Andy yeah. also did a great job reaching out to yeah. lots of people. And that was too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was
0: amazing. And what happened was that the our legislators, they, they censored uh, Representative Eastman which was nice, and it was like a 34 to 1, I
1: think. Yeah, the only one voting against it was him himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we should also but mention... What hap- but that's the thing, like, what happened after censure, not, like nothing. Because it was his second censure. Yeah, he had been yeah. censured before by for saying another truly offensive thing, yeah. and now he got the same thing again. And it remains to be seen now if anything else will change or if that well, was and that's the
0: what we're, well, that's what the opinion was about, was yeah. asking our, our Alaska state legislator to do more yes. than just censor. And if you feel strongly about this, uh-huh. I, I encourage listeners to, to, to like talk to your, yeah. you know, your, your representatives in our state capital. I do
1: think that's the best venue is to go through your own representative because they listen to their own constituents a bit more, which is yeah. appropriate. Yeah. And, um, they're the ones we really need to be talking to because it's a lot of the other representatives who are thinking that might be enough we need them to to be willing to hold their own body to accountability or else honestly what does what does the body even mean if you're allowing this sort of thing to happen there what's
0: well, what's fascinating about our our state house which I, and, and senate which is i think is different is that there's there's caucuses, right? So there's a minority caucus and a majority caucus. And he's not in either one of those, right? right. So they didn't
1: let him in into the clubs. Neither one wants him um, in there because he's got such a pattern of offensive behavior. But he's he's still part of the House Judicial Committee. Which is recent. He wasn't last session. Yeah. And they let Repres- him back in. in advance. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let, let, him, him, let, him, back let in,
0: him back in. And and shouldn't have, obviously. <laughs> right, right. So it's just fascinating that, that he already ha- he's already kind of collected some power... Somehow, just mm-hmm. being on that on that um, house house committee and uh, and why and so if anything could come out of that and he's still in it I mean he's still he's still there right. so, so. The,
1: if the only consequence is a censure with no teeth that's that's not nearly enough yeah and essentially that's that's a, nothing a, at least we move him off
0: of committee work you know right and so right. anyway so so we wrote we, we wrote a thing about that we helped write that and then we so we signed off for that. And then we wrote, uh, at least I, you and I wrote,
1: another one. And primarily you. I think I, I made, I was like, you need a comma here. And that was about all I that added. That was a great suggestion. I put, I put a comma there. Thanks, man. You know, look, man, I'm not one to brag, but I am good with commas. <laughs> They really um, give me pause.
0: And so this one, this one was this one really got me. This one got like hopping mad. It's like the, yeah. the heart is the most angry that I can get essentially. <laughs> um, and this is a, a state uh, department. It's the uh, what's it called again? Uh, uh, it is the Alaska State Commission
1: for Human Rights. Yeah.
0: So here is a state department designed to help protect people. From discrimination, um, and they investigate, and they really do a lot of good, or they can do a lot of good. And they decided, quietly, without us really realizing it at first, that they're going to narrow how they're going to investigate discrimination against the LGBTQ community. Yeah, Um, it'll only be for work. Work-related discrimination, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a change because it used to be for a, a, a lot broader problems, like if you were discriminated at a bank or accommodations or housing, rental, or, yeah, 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 uh-huh. um, uh, and anywhere, essentially, any, it was big, it was a big, kind of big tent of discrimination. You could com- lodge a complaint. To this department, and they would investigate on your behalf. This is incredible, right? And this happened in 2021. They they released these mm-hmm. guidelines, um, and thanks to uh, Clayton versus Box Boxstock, yeah, uh, Boxstock, yeah, Bostock, uh-huh. yeah, and uh, and so it was amazing. And then in August of 2022, I believe they quietly took it away. And I then, think it was right before the election. Right, right. And yeah. We didn't notice at first, and then, right? And then uh, uh, finally, we did, and I was just so angry. So we wrote this op-ed saying this needs to go back to the way that it was.
1: Yeah, and there are—you're familiar with the phrase plausible deniability. Sure. And there's some plausible deniability there in terms of, well, because they're still protected under this, that, this, that other thing, and so it's not really removing protections. It's just shifting the language, and it all—all of those arguments, in my opinion, come down to plausible deniability when it's completely obvious that it was intended— to send a message to a base of voters that we're happy to exclude the same people that you're happy to exclude, in right. this case, gay people. And th- especially when you take the next thing we're going to talk about along with this, um, there's there's an obvious pattern of anti-LGBTQ uh, policy decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this is that. And now the attorney general wrote an opinion mm-hmm. defending his choice right. saying he only wants to defend you know follow the law mm-hmm. but really but he didn't explain why he changed his the position of the state from where it was to what he decided it should be yeah um, and that really
1: frustrated me and I think it's yeah, it's telling that the timing was right before the election. And yeah. I think it, it's kind of like you say, follow the money in some cases. In this case, you all don't have all, to follow the money. You follow the exclusion. Follow and this the money. <laughs> Well, no, I don't think this one necessarily is follow the money. It's you follow who's kept out. Yeah. And if, yeah. if they made a couple of shifts and they're like, oopsie, look, gay people are left out. That was just purely by accident. No, it wasn't. Because the next thing we're talking about does the same thing right i mean and and throughout it's it's been a pattern of uh let's do the bare minimum for that population that they can and and let's go back to the whole branding
0: thing i think this is why you know i like it when religion does brand itself in some ways right cuz i want to say if it's
1: accurate yeah
0: exactly uh-huh. yeah. if it's accurate cuz i want to say hey uh, you know, if you're doing this for religious reasons, we're religious, and this is against our beliefs. Right. So it can't be for just general religious reasons. Right. Because you're excluding our religion uh-huh. from doing it. Uh, you're
1: obviously a very specific yeah. religion, kind of like reasons. he gets us. That's California Christianity. In this case, I don't know what you would call this one, but it's it's exclusionary Christianity that they're, yeah. that they're going for here. And make no mistake, if they'll do it. To keep gay people out, they'll do it to keep other groups out too. It's just a matter of you know who who they feel like excluding next. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's quite scary, mm-hmm. uh, and I, uh,
1: I I'm not here for it. And I you know and I'll do what I can yeah. to work on to tap it down. Well, the similar other thing that came out as we were submitting that <laughs> yeah, that I one. Know. I mean, these things came rapid fire. <laughs> so as we were submitting the attorney general response, not attorney general, the Alaska State Commission for Human Rights, uh, that one removing protections, then the governor holds a different press conference, um, flanked by all these kids he had up there, which is oh, yeah. kind it was of weird. He weird. Was also having kids weirdly combative. Too, exactly. at the same See, time. I got home. I was out doing, running errands or whatever. I got home. Elizabeth was watching the press conference live. And I was like, What are you watching? And she was like, I'm not sure, but the governor's yelling at me. Yeah, yeah. Was very <laughs> yelly at, at the, Yeah. All his kids nearby. and Yeah. Yelling? And I then as we watched it, I sh- I misspoke. She didn't know what she was watching. She didn't say, I'm not sure, but she said the governor's like going off here. But we both got quite angry at the content as well, which uh, essentially. He's calling family choice, but it comes down to once again uh, a certain level of plausible deniability of what's truly going to happen, which is LGBTQ people are pushed more and more to the margins.
0: Can you explain kind of like what what this what this
1: bill he put, he put he put out is all is all about? no <laughs> okay <laughs> honestly, it seems a bit unclear to me because everything it feels like, He said it does. He then says later it doesn't. So it's it's like a it's a family choice bill. That's what they call it. Yeah, but I I never trust what the person calls a bill, because they'll come out and say, I'm putting forward a new bill called We Love Our Farmers Act. And you're like, oh, what does it do? And you're like, it executes farmers. know, That's so dramatic. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so it, the, the name of the bill does not represent what the bill actually sure, does. Sure, so he's calling sure. it family choice. However, if you are a kindergarten teacher and you're a man and you're married to a man, does your family have the choice to hang up like to have a photo of your husband on your desk? No. And if you're a kindergarten student and you have two moms, do you have the choice to say, these are my two moms? No, you don't really anymore because you're getting more and more excluded. And um, they say you can't talk about any um, anything related to sexuality or gender uh, before such a date. And uh, a, a state representative from another state where they had a similar bill going through did a great job of cutting this argument apart where he asked the proponent of this change, uh, who's Martha Washington. And she was like, what do you mean? He was like, who is uh, Martha Washington. And how can I teach about her in my school? And she was like, well, she was George Washington's wife. And he's like, well, that, that then tells us that George Washington is heterosexual and I'm not allowed to talk about sexuality in my classroom. And she was just flummoxed. And she was like, well, you can talk about that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so we can talk about sexuality so z- along, as long as it's the kind that you approve of. And she had no response. And yeah. I don't think there is yeah. a response other than to finally just admit it that you don't like gay people being around. Right. Right? That's, so when you say, is it a family choice bill? No. It's an anti-gay bill. It's an anti-trans bill. It's an anti-anything other than cisgendered heterosexual bill.
0: Yeah. well, um, And at I least call it that. Have, have accurate branding. We're back to the branding thing again. Right. And luckily it won't get past the state Senate. They're going to
1: squash it. So I hope and pray. That's why we haven't written anything yet because yeah. people are saying it's dead on arrival in the it Senate. Is. It is dead on arrival. I really hope so because it's – well, A, I hope so. B, it's already done what they wanted it to do. It wasn't necessarily geared toward actually changing the rules because – as much as I think their ethical center is compromised, they're not stupid. They're signaling. They're not. It's yeah. absolutely virtue yeah. signaling. Yeah. They're saying to their base, look at us. We're on your side. Vote for us. We dislike gay people so you can trust us. And then I I wouldn't be surprised if our governor, Dunleavy, has some sort of ambition beyond this state, maybe is hoping to get a cabinet spot or something, or a vice presidential nod from somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Again, another whatever, Alaskan governor, governor and vice and presidential president. nod. Yeah. Talk about that a mean, need for that rebranding. Was a last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who knows? And uh, and you know, not many. Uh, presidential candidates will want a running mate who's twice as tall as they are. That just looks he's bad. A, he's a tall guy. He's a big guy. I think yeah. he's like nine foot four. But what? <laughs> no, not really
0: <laughs> taller than life.
1: That guy. wasn't
0: that his. Wasn't that his campaign like walking tall? Something like yeah. That, that yeah. was that was his main I qualification. That was some clever yeah. <laughs> wordplay, though. I have to admit, I, I thought that was pretty good.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's. Um, I, I think it's it's a branding choice, not a legislative choice. It's a it's an opportunity to say we're on your side base tighten up, let's keep our side voted in, and hopefully that'll distract from the fact that we don't have enough money to fund our schools or to repair our roads or to maintain any sort of workforce in the state. We can't do any of that important stuff. But hey, look, we're going to virtue signal that we are not going to allow all those rampaging hordes of drag queens to charge into your school library with spears like they do every single day. Which they've, they, got, they've got spears now, they do, yeah. Not guns because that side likes guns, but, <laughs> but they have spears, which is bad. So, um, yeah, it's I think it's it's straight up branding, it really is just a way to say we will protect you from the things that you don't like, even if there's no real constitutional backing to do it,
0: yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah, anyway, if, yeah, I mean, like, I think that there's a, a lot of thoughts about like what, what do you do to counter something like this. Yeah. And, and my thought is that why not just, like, reshape the conversation, you know? For example, uh, you mentioned about education and, and the cost of it. Like, there is a conversation going on called BSA, which is called Bay Student Allocation. Right. Where every student gets our, our local district a certain amount of money. mm mm-hmm. We need to raise that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of conversation I find to be healthy and helpful and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, could, and, and at the end of the day could really b- bring in some more money to our school districts, which could, like, you know, make a better education for our kids. And, you know, those are the kind of conversations I would like to be having. Yes. You know, I do not like these virtual signaling kind of conversations that distract us from what's important, which mm-hmm. is our kids, you know. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, which is our future. Yeah. Uh, and I want, their, I want our kids to have a future. And so I would really prefer to be talking about those kinds of things. Yeah. And so you know, an argument that I'm hearing is that you know, how far do we go to respond to this? Like, do we do we say uh, us say progressive clergy say you know do we constantly pr- pretty much play whack a mole? Right. Say we don't like that. Let's let's you know let's say we don't like that. We don't like that. We don't let's say we don't like that. Or do we say hey let's talk about the things we do like? Yeah. And let's see if we can kind of like put those guys who are yelling kind of like on mute. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just like. A question that I have personally because I think I think semiconal is important. It's important to counter Right, right, evil conversations. Evil never goes away by ignoring it. Yeah, don't ignore it. You know, you gotta counter but we also should probably like rethink like what do we believe in and how do we bring that forward into the state or national conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, which I think is part of our job too, Matt. Uh, agreed, and you know that's why I was so proud of what our church did with the guest house hotel, yes, where we went beautiful. out and did a good thing, and then yeah. uh, we had a, a thing where we took care of a Ukrainian family that had moved in, and so we provided furniture for that instance, and um, there there was another thing I, I forget what I was going to mention, but all the good work that the people of our church. Uh, does and I'm sure in, in your community as well. You could list a whole bunch of them. That's the heart of what I do. Yeah, and I love doing that so much more. I don't just write a newspaper article and say like, "Hey, everybody, guess what we did this week." You know, <laughs> right. that feels like like terrible branding of yeah. just patting myself on the back. But that really is where the the heart of our work our, is. Our
0: weekly, our, our yeah, yeah,
1: our weekly schedule. And, yeah, and or and when we have a funeral. There's very few moments in life that are more. Deeply meaningful and caretaking, right? Than, than yeah. caring for a grieving family, but you don't go out and make a headline about it. You just kind of—it's so, right. just something mm-hmm. you do under the radar. But it's it's the heart of it, and um, and then things like this come along, and I'm like, I didn't want to spend hours this week defending gay people, but you attacked them. Yeah. You know, if, if y'all would quit attacking them, I could quit defending them and we could all just live happily together. The only gay agenda I, I've ever been aware of is just live happily. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. they're looking to do. Um, and if you quit attacking them, it's going to be a much more peaceful world. But, but no, it keeps on coming up over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sad. Well, anyways, do we have anything else to talk about, Matt? Um, The last thing on the list here was the protests at the drag show here in town coming up, I think, a week from Friday, a week from, what's today, Thursday? Today's Thursday. Phew, good. I thought I missed something. Yeah, so a week from tomorrow. Um, I'm not really going to be involved in that. I'm not available the day that's going on, but apparently there is a regularly occurring drag show event, and at this particular one, it's their annual time where they do some honoring of trans youth, a way to say, hey, you're not alone. We're with you. We care for you. It's March 24th. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And word has it that a group here in town, maybe we can talk about that group later, um, has decided to protest it. So they've put out these really terrible flyers um, and say, hey, everyone get there and protest this event. So at that event, they've asked people to help protect the event. So yeah. now there's a counter-protest. They're asking some clergy to be involved, which is how I came to be invited in as well. I yeah. um, to, To make a wall of people so that when those youth are indoors there, they don't have to look out and see the hateful signs and protesters. So they're going to kind of line the windows, put some signs up as well. You know, like we have a banner for Christians for Equality. We'll probably hang that up to oh, cool. a big chunk of oh, the window. Cool. And there's this cool group in town called the Queen's Guard. Yes. And they have large angel wings that they wear. <laughs> And they even sing. And so they're going to stand there. The angel wings are designed intentionally to block hateful signage. Yeah, and yeah. so they're going to stand there as well to block the signage. And they'll probably sing a little bit to be noisy. We've got some big speakers here, uh, like you know, Bluetooth speakers. So we can just play music to drown out the, the, the hateful speech. Um, some ideas that were not approved were finding those protesters' cars and putting pro-LGBTQ bumper <laughs> stickers on them, <laughs> yeah. But not going to do that. Don't That's do inappropriate. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just a peaceful counter-protest to try to drown out the hate. Okay. Yeah, I, I am not fully informed as to the event itself, nor the protesters, nor the counter-protest, because, like I said, the date didn't work, so I sort of bowed out of any sort of the planning aspect of it.
0: Yeah. i mean it's on Shabbat. I can't. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. The yeah. only reform rabbi in Alaska. So. <laughs> so
1: you yeah. Got, yeah. You got a busy day yeah. <laughs> yeah. every, every, every Friday.
0: Uh, but okay, I think that kind of rounds out our um, our conversation today about kind of ju- or religion and branding. Yeah. Uh, so I am uh, I think we I think we did it.
1: I think we, we did it. Now, if you want to tune in for the supplemental episode, I'll go through each and every Super Bowl commercial <laughs> we should really and why do. it's stupid as heck. No, I'd have to watch them then. <laughs> I, <haven't, laughs> I, I have seen literally zero of the Super we Bowl should, commercials. We like, should offer
0: our own commentary to
1: Super Bowl commercials. We, oh, I, I, you know what it's, else? it's a spinoff podcast. It's a spinoff. What we didn't do... We we should have had our Oscars extravaganza because oh. I saw one of the movies that was nominated. And which, only, only one. Which one did you see? <laughs> uh, Everything Everywhere I All at Once, which is too. in my top ten favorite movies of all time oh, now. It's such I, a strange movie. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I think that's the only one I saw. I'd have to go back and I haven't even seen Wakanda forever, which is nuts because I, I love comic book movies. Yeah. But no, I just I haven't gotten around to it. As kids, we have kids. Yeah, my kids are old and mostly self sufficient these days. No, mine are
0: not. I'm just busy
1: doing this. Well, we've been watching Ted Lasso, shrinking. I've been watching shrinking. It's fun. That's really good. We've been catching up on Picard. So we watched all of season two, and now we're into. We're caught up on season three. There's a fun show on Apple called The Reluctant Traveler with Eugene Levy. Okay. Oh, silly and fun and lighthearted. Okay. And, 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 and strangely, it, it <laughs> often ends really sweet. And you're kind of like, oh, a heartwarming moment. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, maybe next time let's do... <laughs> <laughs> So we, we did it last time. Where we said next week. Yeah. yeah <laughs> on yeah, what yeah, defines us? Yeah. I think maybe we should do next week. We should do like a pop culture roundup. What have you been watching and listening to over okay. the past for the yeah, past seven months? That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and if you're
0: listening this far, you're welcome for those recommendations you, that Matt just offered. <laughs> I'll repeat a lot of them <laughs> next week. Yeah. We'll go
1: we'll go deeper next week into why they're so good. Um,
0: and then just to conclude, a big thank you to our Mutra Bros for uh, their music and for James Brown for our logo. Uh, and I think by now you know how you can find Matt and I. We're also we're on Twitter. Twitter. So yeah. if you can now find us there.
1: I know Matt's on Facebook as well. Uh, and thanks, thank you for listening. I'm also on Instagram, but I don't know uh, what's on there because I never go on it. But it just automatically takes my Facebook stuff and puts it on there. Cool. So Matt's on Insta. But I won't reply to you because I hardly ever go on there. The <laughs>
0: thanks. So useful, Matt. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>